I'm Tim Kittrow, and you're tuned in to the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention, Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. <laughs> you can stop worrying. Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Jack Kavanaugh. Raheem Mostair, as I would like to call him. And Jason Draven. Nah, man. Just let's watch some football. Boom shakalaka. All right, welcome in, everybody. It's the Important Nonsense Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Bonham, joined, as always, by Mr. Neil Smith. Neil, how are you doing this evening? Doing well, doing well. Congratulations to anyone who would still actually happen to be listening to this, because that means that you are in the playoffs in your fantasy league, <laughs> because nobody who's eliminated is listening to this. For a minute, so, I kudos. thought that was like a humble brag. Like, congratulations for listening to us. Oh, I guess you could take it that way, <laughs> sure, although that's not how I meant it. That is not how I meant it, although if you did listen. Although, I mean, technically it would have to be true, right? Because if you listen to us and took our advice during the season and you're still here listening for the playoffs, odds are, congratulations to you because of us. Odds are. Yep. There you go. Uh, Transitive property. That's how that works. We're great. Yep. We did it. (laughs) You're welcome. All right. But of course, it is playoff time, Neil. It is week 14. We are heading into the fantasy playoffs. So per the huge... We will be doing some start sits Uh, this year, at least this week. We have taken them from the fantasy football community that we follow on Facebook. And if I was a better host, which I'm really not, I would have had the name for that all prepared and ready to go. But I just certainly did not. Fantasy football advice, experts, gurus, and beginners. That's the name of the group. Uh, Shout out to the fantasy football hustler who runs and moderates all that so that I don't have to. That's so nice. Fantasy football hustler is uh, not going to be thrilled with our derisive tone about (laughs) this. That's fine. It is what it is. (laughs) He hustles. It's good. Uh, But let's get through some of these, Neil. So that's, again, as usual, try to get, when you're asking these questions, the format in there. That helps us so much, and it does make a significant difference most of the time. Generally, we can get away with it, especially with QB. It doesn't matter. Like, full PPR, QB, I don't care. That obviously does not matter. That's always my favorite. But, in general, we want to know what format it is. We we have the same diatribe every year, and it doesn't change. We do. But it doesn't. People people just want their cookie. And we're here to give you your cookie, so settle down. You're getting your cookie. Um, But yeah, the, the format really, really helps. And also, as the other part of that PSA, if you don't tell us the format, we will assume that it's PPR since yep. that is the standard these days. So just to spell that out for well, anybody. And it's our standard. Do, so, yeah. And it's our standard. So we will be getting PPR answers unless otherwise specified. So just be aware of that as your formal warning here. And I really hope you didn't skip 30 past the uh, the explanation here. I hope you actually listen to that <laughs> the whole way. <laughs> That's the key. Listening is always good. Uh, so let's get started. Austin Henry asks Kareem Hunt. Or Ronald Jones this week? Austin, and I appreciate you uh, asking this question because it goes back to something that we talk about every year in the playoffs, especially the first week of the playoffs. And actually, our, uh, our, our colleague Jordan McDonald talked about it on Tuesday in his column. Start your studs, people. Start your studs. Dance with the one who brung you. That is the general advice. It may not apply to every situation. We will talk about many of them. But that is your general rule of thumb. And I am understanding of the idea that Kareem Hunt has not been great recently post the return of Nick Chubb. 
However, I'm still going to go back to the well with Hunt here one more time, mid-teens, and I've got Ronald Jones in the 20s. I just, I don't trust the Ronald Jones thing. Yes, it is entirely possible that Ronald Jones is more involved and hauls off some sort of 70-yard touchdown as he is wont to do periodically. However, it is also completely possible that Ronald Jones botches a blocking assignment and gets benched for the rest of the day in favor of Leonard Fournette. We've seen that happen at least twice, might be three times, to be honest, already to this point. And I understand Kareem Hunt's been frustrating, but I can't justify sitting him down, particularly when you talk about Baltimore a team where there should be some level of struggle for them to actually run the ball in a traditional manner. I think you could see a lot more pass catching opportunities for Kareem Hunt, especially if they have to go hurry up. On paper, Cleveland is the better team at the moment there uh, than yeah. than Baltimore, but historically, Cleveland does not do well against Baltimore. Baltimore has their number, so I am expecting this hot streak that the Browns have been on to struggle a little bit here. I'm not saying they're going to lose, but I'm also they're not going to come out do what they they're not going to do to the Ravens what they did to the Titans on Sunday. I'm not going to have that game come. Steve, what do you think? Um, first of all, I love your analysis of start your studs and don't get cute with it because right now Kareem Hunt through 13 weeks is RB9 in PPR. But as much as we hate it, Ronald Jones is RB12. So it's not like it's not like he's he's taking somebody off the waivers. It's somebody it's that fair. we it's both like despise. It's not like he's the water boy. Right. I get it. It's not like he's Devontae Booker. <laughs> right. I, I got it. I got it. I, yeah. get, the, I get the idea. Uh, I am actually going to go with Ronald Jones. Uh, since, he, since Nick Chubb came back from the IR, he was activated in week 10. That week, Kareem Hunt in PPR scoring finished RB13. But since then... RB32, RB38, RB30. He's just he's just not getting the volume that he was earlier in the year for the points he was putting up. I have Kareem Hunt ranked at the back end of the 20s at 26. I have Ronald Jones at 21. Minnesota's defense is not good. Do I think that Ronald Jones is good? No. That's why I have him as a back end RB2. That's um, well documented. But I, I have him slightly ahead of Kareem Hunt because it seems like as much as we think it's wrong, he is going to get more touches and work than Leonard Fournette. And as such, he is, you know, I'm not going to, I hate to say he's the Nick Chubb, but in the comparison of the splits, because it's two guys in committees, like Ronald Jones is the Nick Chubb of the Tampa Bay backfield. Like I would think you have Nick Chubb significantly higher than. Oh yeah. I have Nick Chubb in the top 10. Like Nick Chubb is, uh, borderline top five kind of play. So that's what I'm saying. I mean, I have Leonard Fournette, I think, in the mid-30. Yeah, he's at 40. He's right in the back end of the, the 30s. He's right yeah. at 40. So I think neither one is fantastic, but I would slightly go with Rojo. Uh, let's go to Cam Ali. He's got PPR, Mark Andrews against Cleveland, or Eric Ebron against the Bills. Well, the good news here for you, Cam, is that Mark Andrews actually got off the COVID list here today, Today, actually, and is now expected to play. And given that piece of information, uh, I'm going to go ahead and fire up Mark Andrews a lot along the same lines as you're going to want to start your studs in the playoffs. And I understand that Mark Andrews has been kind of frustrating. He's been up and down. Similar deal, like Lamar has not been throwing the ball well. Andrews has not played well. They've been double teaming him since Hollywood hasn't done anything. But I mean, I don't know. Well, I, I can tell you that fantasy. I can tell you what fantasy pros would have you do. 
what? Uh, to the extent that it matters. Fantasy pros would tell you to play Eric Ebron, and it's not actually close. So well, that's yeah. that's going to be their analysis on the on the, well, on the actual. Well, to be fair too, that also could be people not factoring in uh, Andrews coming back. Right, because it just up happened until today. today. Yeah. So it just happened this afternoon. So for me, it's going to be Mark Andrews, warts and all against Cleveland. Uh, the other side of that too, just for the sake of it, um, not a great matchup against Cleveland. Kind of just average. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the, if you do want to look into these things to the extent that it matters at tight end, the matchup against Buffalo is actually pretty tasty. Right. So I get the question, but for me, I go back to start my studs. And well, Andrews it's also the fact that Ebron has been dominating targets the last few weeks with Ben Roethlisberger, he has been. but he's also, also dominating, dominating the dominating league drops. in drops. So there yeah. you go. I mean, it is, it is what it is. That's, it's, that's what you get with Eric Ebron. It's a lot of volume. And then he gets down to the red zone and drops it in the end zone three times. And you're just pulling your hair out frustrated. Uh, yeah, but so yeah. to be clear, so, are we again, both going we're both Mark, on Andrews Mark Andrews here? here. Yeah, yeah we're going to go Mark Andrews. I think it. that's okay. the easy pick. Um, all right, Samuel Dubik says pick three, an embarrassment of riches, really. No kidding. He's got Derrick Henry, Wayne Gallman, Chris Carson, Austin Eckler, Miles Gaskin. I think we can agree that Derrick Henry is locked in. That's easy. Yeah, Derrick Henry is the one. So that it's Wayne Gallman, kinda... Chris Carson, Austin Eckler, and Miles Gaskin. Pick two. Okay, well, Carson is going to be on that list for me against the Jets. That's He's going to be one of the ones that I select. As we all know, I love me some Chris Carson, particularly in a great matchup against the Jets where, I mean, this is a get-right game for Seattle, and I don't think they're going to have to throw it all over the yard necessarily to get that done. And then the third choice for me is a lot closer because it's an interesting conversation you're having there between Goldman, Eckler, and Gaskin. Um, I think you're probably going to go Gaskin, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. And I actually am just double checking my rankings as I filibuster and I am also going Gaskin. I've got Gaskin just inside the top 15 against the soft Kansas city defense. I'm tired of hearing that they're good. Uh, so it'll be those three for me. It'll be I, Henry Carson so Gaskin. I have Gaskin actually inside my top 10. Ooh. Uh, Chris Carson. I have at 13. I have Carson at 11. So, and uh, again, fun fact, it's very interesting. The Jets actually have not allowed a rushing touchdown since week five. That's because so, their secondary is so bad. Fun fact, exactly. They just get abused <laughs> so much. Um, but the one that's actually really interesting to me is where do you have Austin Eckler? Yeah, Austin Eckler is, uh, is a really interesting one. Um, initially, I had Austin Eckler at six because it's Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But... I had backed him off uh, uh, down actually right here near Wayne Gallman at like 17. Okay. And the rationale that I have behind that, that that we don't know a whole lot about the Chargers this week. And it'll be nice to see Austin Eckler catch a ton of passes against Atlanta because, fun fact, Atlanta actually does give up the most uh, receiving yards to running backs in the entire league. Yep. Uh, so so it's very tasty, but there's a lot of uncertainty with Herbert coming off, Herbert coming off a four. Yeah. Uh, so it's... It, it throws a lot of cold water on there. Where do you have Eckler? Are you going to get Eckler I have Eckler one spot behind Chris Carson. So okay, that's so you're going to so recommend question. Eckler? And then Goldman, okay. I have at 16, so he's right in the mix with all this, but he is the last guy on the list. So again, an embarrassment of riches, really. Yeah, and if you wanted to play Austin Eckler uh, for I whatever argue reason, against it. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you about that. Yep. Uh, if you want to sit down um, Gaskin for Eckler, I'm not going to fight you in right. any way about it. 
I don't think you can make that decision wrong. Exactly. I feel like this guy asked this question to brag about his fantasy team. <laughs> yeah. Um, because he's got five starting running backs. Right. <laughs> Shout out to you, Samuel. Congratulations. Because yeah, if you don't win here, what are your receivers? <laughs> right. Probably terrible, I would have to think. What are your receivers, man? All right, let's My move goodness. on to uh Justin Cody Torres. He asks Miles Sanders or Damian Harris. That's a good one. Um because we all hate how Miles the mighty Sanders, is right? have fallen, right? Miles Sanders yeah. was top six, I thought. What, right? He's so good, uh, right? Right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a tough one because you're you're that's a that's a legitimate question, as frustrating as it is, uh, and as sad as it is, it's kind of like a coin flip. And I'm gonna go with Sanders. I'm not crazy about Damian Harris, uh, you know, in a timeshare on Thursday night against the Rams. That's not. That doesn't spell success for Mr. Harris. I have Damian Harris in the mid-20s this week, which has kind of been his little home. And I've got Miles Sanders a little bit higher than that. But the problem here is that I could also see this entirely being wrong because Miles Sanders' utilization rate is so bad right now. It's so poor. There's been a lot of documentation on that over the last week where his usage rate is pathetic. That was Shout out to Jordan again, actually, twice in the early part of the show here. He actually brought that up in his uh, Bull Rush Bear Down article this week about Miles Sanders' usage rate is pathetic, and if you add, we talk about this, but it still holds true. If you break down Miles Sanders' number for the season, it actually looks okay. But when you take out those, it's not even two big games; it's two big plays. If you yank those like long, two long touchdowns out of there, he is having a dreadful season. He's been terrible. Yeah, and injured. So, what do you think? Are you going to hold your nose and go Miles Sanders, or are you going to ride out with the time yeah, share? Yeah, I of am. Damian I've got Miles Sanders at twenty-eight and Damian Sanders at thirty. I hate yeah. that Sanders is playing New Orleans. I feel like you could do better than these best, two guys, but if that's what rush, you got. Uh, yeah, best run defense in the league, yeah. also because their secondary is so bad, um, versus a, a short week Thursday game committee and watch Damian Harris finally manage to break out and score two, two rushing touchdowns. Yep, here it comes. So, you know, watch that happen. Uh, Dylan Roach asks, should I start Cole Beasley or DJ Chark do-do-do-do-do this week? And I did throw do- in the do-do-do. <laughs> Uh, this this is such a uh this is such a close one you wouldn't think it would be as close right but i've got dj shark at 27 and cole beasley at 30 and this is one where it's a legitimate question uh it's a legitimate totally why do you hate cole beasley oh my god well it's a total it's the matchup he's playing against pittsburgh this week at home it's at home and it's pittsburgh and he's in the slot in a primetime game so it's okay and if there is any way to beat pittsburgh it would be through the slot but it's like one of the best defenses in football versus DJ Chark going up against that same sorry Tennessee secondary that I just watched get absolutely roasted by Baker Mayfield. So that's that's the that's yeah, what, but how it was I Baker Mayfield it. and not Mike Glennon. Sure, and it's also <laughs> Mike Glennon throwing to everybody versus what could also happen in this game, or Baker throwing to everybody yeah. versus what could also happen in this game. Mike Glennon spreads it around. And you don't get the super night. I take it from your tone that you're going to go Cole Beasley. Where do you have Cole Beasley ranked? 23. I've got okay, him yeah, firmly that's not, that's set not. as a wide receiver too. That's not that crazy. Also, by the way, if you went Cole Beasley and because I have it so close, I wouldn't argue with you. Also, because it technically would be a safer option. This is the other question that I would ask. And ask yourself this when you, when you listen back on our analysis here. Um, what do I need? <clears throat> do I, do I, am I okay if I get the Cole Beasley floor, which is a 10, 
he can give you a 30. We've seen him do it three times this year, but it's not the norm. Whereas because of the matchup, if DJ Chark starts going off, I think he has still has the higher chance to get you like a 35 or a 40. So it's a floor versus ceiling type of question is the other way that I would that I would skin that. So I if mean, I know I just need 15 points, I'm probably going to. But, cool. but given what we've seen from them this year, I would argue they have basically the same ceiling and Beasley just has a more consistent floor. I mean, yeah. that's why I have them ranked the way they are. All right. Like I said, I'm not going to argue with you too much. Yeah. So given that I'm so wishy-washy on it, and I've only got him separated by three spots. I'd go with Steve then. And, and he feels strongly about this. Go with Cole Beasley. I do. Beasley, I do. Um, let's see. That was Dylan. You're welcome. Uh, Justin Bernard, the Giants defense or the Cardinals defense. They play each other. <laughs> I've seen this question more than once, actually. I've seen this one more than once. It's yeah, this, this is a hot one because the Giants D has been playing really well as of late and they just shut down Seattle last week. And now you've got the cards with Kyler Murray still dealing with that shoulder injury. That offense has been inefficient recently. I don't know. It's just a matter of that on the other end of it, the Cardinals defense isn't very good, but that, ugh, that, that offense. They have good individual skill players on the Cardinals defense, but as a unit, you're correct. They're not good, but they have a, that, uh, they have a couple different guys on that team that are actually decent, but they can't do it all. Yeah. And that's kind of the issue. So to answer the question in a direct manner, um, I think you probably have better options if you're willing to go explore the waiver wire. Have you considered possibly playing the Panthers against Denver? I realize that may not be the most orthodox advice, but I look into it. <laughs> like that's that's a uh, that's an example of getting you out of this conundrum. But to actually answer your question, I'm going Giants, and it has more to do with just recency bias in a very honest answer to you. Uh, it's the Cardinals defense, as we brought up, has not been playing well. The whole offense hasn't really been playing well since Kyler picked up that shoulder injury and has kind of been nursing it along. They also seem to be at odds on some of the playmaker stuff. DeAndre Hopkins looks visibly frustrated when he doesn't get 12 targets a game. And the Kingsbury offense is like, well, we're going to spread it around a little bit there, Nuke. But then when they do, they're ineffective. So we end up right back at where we started, where you just throw the ball to DeAndre Hopkins a hundred times. So I can't say, for example, that that won't come good, and they're gonna, and they'll. You might end up making that decision wrong. It's why I'm telling you that my actual advice to you is I want to try and avoid this scenario. But if I can't avoid the scenario, I go, I go, I lean Giants. That's where I'm at. Uh, look, my rankings have the Giants at 16, Cardinals at 18. So I very slightly agree with you. I will say this: the Cardinals, again. Last week, Seattle played the Giants, and they finished ninth among DSTs. The Cardinals have not finished inside. The, their highest rank is 18th since their bye in Week 8. I mean, they have their defense has not been good lately, but the Giants' offense is just so atrocious. It, it, it's basically well, a question of what are you saying is more likely to happen? The Cardinals' offense wakes up and destroys the Giants' defense, or the Giants' offense wakes up and destroys the Cardinals. And I would say it's more likely the Cardinals' offense plays well and puts up the points. If that's the case, and these are my two choices, I'd probably lean Cardinals. But like I said, my, my rankings say Giants. I'll go with you on Giants. It's just yeah, it's, a ter- I, it's a terrible mine choice are also, Mine are also really close, and that's kind of why I want the message of this to be Look, neither one of us feels great Hit about the these being wire. our only two choices, and I feel like you can go to the waiver. 
Have you considered the 49ers against the Washington football team? Have you considered anything? Like, because I've got I've got a number of different options on my rankings that I think I would rather do than go Washington football team against the Niners. Sure, I'll do that too. I'll absolutely do that. The Chiefs defense that I hate uh, against Miami. I'll take. I'll roll the dice. Like, uh, sure. All right, but let's take Um, a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about some more defenses. Apparently. All right, we're back. Jared Fortin is asking us more defense questions, Neil. He needs a defense and apparently a flex. So first, All right. the Giants again versus the Cardinals or the Bucks versus the Vikings. <laughs> I feel like we just went over this, but it is, yes, it is the uh, Bucks versus the Vikings. The Bucks, that is a much, by far. I, I only have them ranked 10th, but it's still a much better solution than going with the Giants. Don't Just don't get cute with it here. The Bucks at least have a run defense. Yeah. Like it, it may not matter against Dalvin Cook, but the Bucks at least have a really good run defense. Their secondary is still really poor, but the other ones just have warts all over the place. And if you're asking me if you should play the Vikings defense, I feel like we need more help for you than just answering these two questions. And then uh, he's got Raheem Mostert uh-huh, against Washington or Mike Williams <laughs> against the Falcons in full PPR. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a good flex question. You like a good flex question. Uh, the boy, the frustrating thing about normally, right? I think for both of us, it would it would be in a in a, in a vacuum, uh, Mister Mostare, because we both like Mister Mostare. Well, I think bit. we've you established this with one of the questions earlier, but it's basically what are you looking for? Mm-hmm. Is this a matchup that's you feel like you're going to win and you want the floor? Because that's Mostert for sure. Even though they're facing a tough Washington run defense and he just had a stinker of a week last week, Mike Williams will give you a literal zero. Mike Williams will give you absolutely nothing in a given week just for the fun of it. But he'll also give you a 45. So two acrobatic catches where he does some sort of like crazy flip over over somebody. So if you need to swing for the fences and get a huge game, Mike Williams is your guy. But if you're looking for a solid, consistent floor... Mostert is the way to go for me. I agree with that. And if you're going straight off my rankings and you don't want any other analysis, then how do you have him ranked? Then it's it's Mostert. Yeah. And but I, but the greater argument is what you just outlined. It's it's safety versus risk. Uh, we've kind of touched on this one already, but Xavier Rodriguez in full PPR, Miles Sanders or Wayne Goleman? I believe we're both on Goleman, and it's not close. Wayne Goleman, not close. That was an easy one. Yep. Moving on. Keith Holbrooks. Boy, by the way, real quick before we move on officially, how? How the mighty have cratered <laughs> off a cliff on fire. Uh, that is younger yeah. people won't remember the SNL sketch of, sketch of uh, Toonses, the cat who could drive a car. Right. Where they crash off a cliff at the end of every every yep. single one of them. That's Miles Sanders season. Pretty it's much. Toonses. That's it. <laughs> uh, Shout out Keith to everyone. Brooks asking Herbit. Our guy Herbit. He knows what's up. Yeah, Herbert yep, versus Atlanta, or Kyler <laughs> Murray versus this guy, the Keith, Keith, you get the show, my friend. I appreciate that. You get the show. You actually get it. Like, congratulations to you. Thank you. You Keith. get it. Oh my god. That's so, crazy. so Herbert versus Atlanta or Kyler Murray against the Giants? It's got. Uh, it's got to be Kyler, right? Yeah. Actually, I have them one spot apart, and it's Kyler. One spot over Herbert. And the I, I really wish, I wish, Steve, that I could recommend starting Herbert 
over Murray. Because if you take the last one week out of the equation and you throw that last week game against the Patriots away because Bill Belichick owns rookies historically, they didn't mention that on the broadcast at all, by the way. Oh, no, no. Uh, no, they didn't bring that up at any point. Um, uh, and had that not happened, I feel like you'd probably actually have a legitimate conversation on your hands. But you got Herbert licking his wounds. Granted, it's a home game against Atlanta. But Murray's, you know, on the road against the Giants, as we already kind of outlined several times in the defense conversation. And I know he's nursing the injury, but I trust Murray a lot more than a rookie who has had an amazing season and will likely be, in my wonky voting structure, will likely be rookie of the year, despite the fact that James Robinson is also a rookie, but he's probably going to be. So in all likelihood, I'll probably have Herbert as my uh, offensive rookie of the year for the fantasy season, Spoiler. but I can't trust it. I can't trust it in a playoff game the way that I've seen Murray like consistently put up points. So I think that's going to be my answer. It's really close, though, as you can tell from my rankings. I got him at seven and eight. Yeah, I mean, look, Kyler Murray has I've got Kyler Murray at five and Herbert at six. They're right next to each other, but I would go yeah. with Murray. Yes, he has struggled the last two weeks, but again, New England and the Rams are two of the top five defenses against fantasy quarterbacks. So he got he got hit by two tough matchups. And outside of those two games, he had two games prior to that, remember. We, we seem to be forgetting that in 10 weeks before that, he had two games where he finished his QB 11, and every other week he was top five. Every other week. So yep. facing the Giants, a good matchup, even though it's on the road, still going Kyler Murray. It's close, but yeah. Going it is Kyler close. Murray. You're not crazy for asking the question. And also, I feel like you wrote this to us because you wanted to show off Just your, the Herbit. I love your it. prowess at quarterback and the, Herbit and the Herbit. We got to love that. Robert William asks, full PPR, Debo Samuel or Wayne Gallman? I think this is another easy one. Yeah, Wayne Gallman. I think we talked about this before. I think Debo is essentially dead. I mean, yeah, I feel bad about saying that, but he, he got, we talked about it in the off season, how he was getting so much top 20 hype. And I said it in the two games last year that George Kittle missed, he put up all of his points. If you eliminate those two games and you just played out his rest of the season in that offense, he was barely in the top 50. Like it's not, he didn't have a great season last year. It just got skewed by those two games where he completely went off because they threw to him, what, like 23 targets or something in two games? It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was something like that. And then they bring in Ayuk, and everybody thought Ayuk would be the two, but now Ayuk took over as that number one that Emmanuel Sanders was, and he's getting all the work since George Kittle's been out. So, Yeah, and it's to the point where the I actually have Debo and Ayuk ranked right next to each other most weeks, you know what I mean? Because... Any given week, the other one could get the better the better of the other. But wait until next year mm-hmm. when it's like, how are we going to evaluate Debo for 2021? Because I feel like Ayuk's going to get be the one who gets all the love and gets way pumped up the table. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's going to be that's my prediction for 2021 is people massively overvaluing Brandon Ayuk. And this is coming from a guy who was pounding the table for Brandon Ayuk in Dynasty all off season. I know it's a redraft show, but I was because he's. Very talented when he's healthy. So yeah. fast. But for this, for your week, it's Gallman and it's not close. And uh, yep. if you're playing Debo, you're probably not winning it. Yeah, I, so I mean, I have Debo at the back end of wide receiver three. It, it's 
I don't know. To me, I think this is just this is clear cut. This is cut and dry. Yeah, and my flex rankings like a Debo like somewhere in the low fifties yeah. and Wayne right. Gallman up in the thirties. Like it's like it's not close. Like it's... All right, I'm gonna screw this up so bad. Hazim right. Elda Kadoki. Thanks. That's Hazine. pretty good. I, was, I, I, I feel like it. I was in the ballpark of that, right? Yeah, uh, neighborhood at least. Sure. General question for us. Do I continue to roll with Josh Allen going up against Pittsburgh this week or get fancy? Ooh, I like how he thinks getting fancy is starting Ryan Tannehill <laughs> against the Jags after he just lit them up for 35 points the last time he faced them. Uh, Neil, I believe we're going to be on the same page on this one. But for me, this is Ryan Tannehill. We talked about Ryan Tannehill and our love for him, him being a league winner. So this is Tannehill yeah, I have Ryan for me. Ta- and again, I have not Ryan close. Tannehill at QB3 this week, Ooh. just so we're on the same page. Like, right, this is, this like is for all that advice we gave about picking up Ryan Tannehill via trade or off your waiver wire or however you had to do it. Welcome to why week yep. 14 in the playoffs against Jacksonville. This is the matchup that you have circled on the calendar. This is what pays you off. And Josh Allen's been fine. But I am absolutely not going to play Josh Allen against Pittsburgh nope. when I have the opportunity to play Ryan Tannehill against uh, against the Jags. And also, I can already hear the people. You just said start your studs. Yeah, and I meant it, and yeah. I didn't stutter. What does that tell you? What does that tell you about what I think about Ryan Josh Tannehill Allen? Tannehill is your Thank stud. You. I'll talk to you on Twitter when uh, you come yelling. I don't know why like, you're confused. The, Ryan Tannehill is yeah. your stud. Clearly, you've you been misinformed, or at least you haven't. Also, Hazim. Either casually listens to the show or doesn't listen that often, or he follows our actual advice and downloads but doesn't listen. He's it's not like Keith, who clearly listens to what we're actually doing here. Like because Hazim wouldn't be asking this question if he had listened to the last several weeks about about Ryan. It's not getting fancy. That's what you should be doing. Yeah, no, a hundred percent agree. I have Tannehill at four. I have Aaron Rodgers at three because he's playing Detroit. And come on, it's Detroit. But, yeah, but yeah, I have Ryan Tannehill right there. And again. I posted this earlier today with my MVP discussion on Twitter. Go back and follow that. But in quarterback points per game this year, minimum 10 games played. Josh Allen, yes, in points per game is QB4. Ryan Tannehill's QB8. This isn't like this has just happened or he's coming out of nowhere. Like he's been no, it crushing it all year, but you're just died. not paying attention. See, they assume he died in the offseason and doesn't yeah. exist. Because that's the Twitter conversation we've been having for a year. Is Ryan Tannehill? You mean that guy who plays in Miami? No, 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 no. <laughs> that's been the conversation. So Pretty much. I can't say I'm surprised, Steve, that this is the discourse that we're still having. I wish yeah, I could be that's fair. more shocked by it, but it's been all year. <laughs> but it is not new. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Alex Turner. He clinched a playoff spot going 12 and 1. He needs Congrats. week 15 and 16 quarterback and defense help. Here are his choices. All right, so he currently owns Justin Herbert, okay, who is playing the Raiders and then Denver. Uh, his options to pick up would be Jared Goff against the Jets in Seattle or Baker Mayfield against the Jets in Week 16 and then, of course, the Ravens in Week... Well, this week. I don't know who they play in Week 15. He didn't list it. Sure. I don't so know does Mayfield stay hot? Do you go with Goff? who we talked about before, or stick with Justin Herbert getting back right? Yeah, for me, I'm inclined to stick with uh, with Justin Herbert on first blush at this question because I acknowledge that they're playing Denver in Week 16, which is not an ideal matchup. Fortunately, it is a home game, so it won't be freezing cold. 
as someone who lives in Denver, I can tell you it's going to be freezing cold for that game if it was being played here. And uh, in week 15, though, Herbert's playing the Raiders, which is a pretty tasty matchup uh, right there. So that's that's kind of that's kind of going to be where I go. Now, I will say. Goff is the one that sticks out to me of the, For the ones record, you listed. Mayfield plays the Giants in week 15 and then the Jets okay. in week 16. Okay, good. Well, we covered the Giants in terms of their defense getting getting right and them actually looking like they might actually be able to win that division if the defense can hold up. Um, the, like I said, if you're going to do anything, if it was, you know, for me, if I was going to make a move, it would be to Goff. But everybody knows, I think most people listening to this but know my feelings on Jared Goff and just the basic synopsis of that. He's not actually a good football player. And he's like one of the luckiest people to ever exist on this planet. It's going to have to put up points against the Raiders if they want to stay in that game. And then their division, it's a division game against. No, Denver, this, this is another love, one with the start. Do, what do you think out of those you three? I'm, pro- I'm inclined Herbert to stick with Herbert. Sure. The yeah. matchups aren't bad at all. And he's more consistent. Yes. He had one bad week, but again, on paper, against the Patriots, yeah, the on, destroy on all paper, rookies. you would think Jared Goff because he has the better matchups. Like if Baker stays hot, then yes, that that would probably be the way to go. But I just don't think he's going to stay that hot. I feel like they're going to be, especially in games against the Jets and the Giants, they're going to get up and then run the ball. Look at what happened in the second half of that game against Tennessee. That's what you're going to get from Baker Mayfield in those two games because they're just going to be in control the whole time. You're asking him to throw four touchdowns in the first half. Yeah. And I don't I don't see that. And that's happen. not gonna happen. That's a very likely week. outcome. For yeah. Goff, it's the Jets and Seattle are two plus matchups. But he has had so far, Jared Goff, five plus matchups this year. In those five plus matchups, he finished as QB 29, 12, 5, 7, and 22. It's it's all that's, that's or nothing. That's kind of my it's, point. That was my it's point. It's like, it's so all he could very well have huge games in huge weeks, but especially like in that Jets game. That that we know that sure. run defense is not good. Cam Akers could find himself just running wild while Jared Goff throws for 125 yards and no touchdowns, no interceptions, just nothing. And is just has a mediocre day. So, yeah, I, I can't trust Goff. Herbert's your guy. He's got the ceiling and the floor for you. Stick with what you got. Okay, let's talk about defenses then. Yeah, he's got defenses as well. Uh, should he pick up San Francisco, or who is currently on his bench, actually, or he could go to the waivers and get Minnesota. They're playing Chicago. Uh, New Orleans is also an option. Uh, Week 16, they're playing Minnesota. New Orleans has been white hot lately. Yeah. For... I would actually probably roll uh, uh, with what you have. San Francisco against Dallas, because San Francisco's defense is snake bit, and they're dealing with some problems, but it's Dallas. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'd be all right with that. Hopefully they can get a few pieces back before then. We'll see. But I'd be, I'd be, I'd probably be leaning that direction. And then I like the saints against Minnesota because yeah, they have the best run match for sure. Yeah. You can't do any of them, but I have really, I know it's Chicago and I get the question and it's not yeah. a crazy question for the record. You're not crazy. Um, but Minnesota's I can't trust that good. Minnesota defense. Yeah. I can't trust it. Can't and trust that, it. That's There's the too thing many too. Um, it really just comes down to week 15 because week 15, Minnesota plays Chicago, uh, which is a plus matchup, obviously. San Francisco plays Dallas, which is a plus matchup. And New Orleans is playing Kansas City. So you don't like any defense against Kansas City. 
So that's the week when you trot out the Niners and feel pretty decent about it. But very quietly, I feel like we're not talking about it a lot. But in week seven against Carolina, New Orleans finished as 24. Like up to that point, they hadn't finished inside the top 15 as yep. a defense except for week one when they were the number one rated DST. But since then, from week eight on, they have been in the top 12 every single week. And they've been in the top five three times. So they, they are just on a roll right now. And now they're getting Philadelphia this week against Jalen Hurts in his first career start. You don't like that they play Kansas City, but then they get Minnesota. If your team goes all the way, if your league goes all the way to week 17, which it shouldn't, they're playing Carolina. So, I mean, that, that defense is rolling right now. I feel like you got to go with New Orleans rest of the way outside of, like I said, that week 15 matchup, which is why it's kind of a... Uh, a mixed yeah. bag we're giving you there. Unfortunately, you're going to have to keep both defenses, and then we'll you can get a roster spot back uh, after week 15 when you can just cut the 49ers defense because you won't need them anymore. Yep. But yeah, I wouldn't burn another waiver claim opportunity right. or Not fab yet. budget yep. to pick up to pick up Minnesota. Yeah, There's no reason. To... Uh, Ian Taylor Sr. He needs a wide receiver and a tight end to pick up off of waivers. I don't know why specifically off waivers, uh, but all right, whatever. Alrighty. Uh, so tight end options were Noah Fant or Logan Thomas. That's your waiver wire? Yeah. Somebody cut Noah Fant, I'm apparently. confused by this league that you, can I play in your league? Um, that's a, uh, that's actually closer than one would think in my rankings in the sense that I have them separated by like one to two spots. And you're mm -hmm. talking about just this week, I assume, cause you didn't specify otherwise. So that's yeah. how I'm taking this question. Mm -hmm. So I, for the record, I have Noah Fant two spots higher than I have uh, Logan Thomas, but that yeah. is to be so close as to almost be completely unhelpful because, as we know, Logan Thomas is, in any given week, get you it's like any of them, get you a four or get you a 14 because mm -hmm. he caught a touchdown because he was wide open, So, like just like he did last Sunday. <laughs> th this is a crazy stat to me. You wouldn't think it because every week he's so consistently highly ranked and it feels like he's been having a really good year. Mm. In PPR scoring, Noah Fant in week eight finished as tight end eight. Every other week of the year since week three, so you're talking about nine other weeks, he has not finished inside of the top 14. I believe that because he's got the quarterback carousel. Yeah. And you've got him getting hurt. In yep. there as well. So I mean, he hasn't and he also, hasn't scored a well, touchdown since week two. It also feels like he's having a good season because tight end is the we've ever seen. So it. You and I have yeah. seen some really bad tight end years, and this I'm not using hyperbole. This is the worst I have ever seen the position, and we've been doing this. We've been playing fantasy football for 15 years, and we've been doing this show for three or four. Meanwhile, we talked about it last week. Logan Thomas has had at least four targets in every single game this season. He had nine last week for 98, a career high. He has scored a touchdown in back-to-back -back weeks. He has finished inside of the top 10 in five of his last seven games. So Logan Thomas is white hot right now. Yeah. I'd go Logan Thomas, actually. I know that's technically like, against my ranking. Like, by two when you spots, look at it. You know what? I'm going to go with I'd go even with then, Logan Thomas. Like, when, when you look at it, Pitts, like, this week is a bad matchup, technically, with San Francisco. 
Pittsburgh is a minus matchup who he faced last week and finished his tight end three. Sure. So, well, he's mean, the third pass playing... catching option on the team, and they lost yeah. one of their the people ahead of him in Gibson. So they got to lean on McKissick, which, yeah. as we know, is a ticking time bomb so before he ultimately gets hurt. Is he putting up huge numbers and getting consistent? But he is at this point matchup proof. So Logan Thomas, to me, locked in into the right. top five, top six. Well, we will we'll agree then. Logan Thomas is your choice. Yeah. All right, that's one down, and then. The second one is Kiki QT or Tim Patrick. I warned and, you. Uh, I told you. Yeah. You all called yeah, you me did. a homer. And here it was. Kiki, he loves me. He's right. <laughs> and Kiki, Tim Patrick man. coming off a two-touchdown performance last week. So it's, it's Kiki. Definitely you know it's not Kiki. a... Give in. Let, let the hate flow through you. <laughs> it's Kiki QT. <laughs> Count it. Uh, Count it. It's Kiki QT. Yep. As as uh, as gross as it makes me feel, I I agree with you. It's it's Kiki QT because you can't count on Tim. In a relatively tough matchup against Indy, Kiki QT finished his wide receiver seven last week. You love to see it. You love to see it. It's and it's Tim Patrick against Carolina too. So Mm -hmm. it's like there's every chance, but you're really banking on him scoring touchdowns if that's going to be the case. And if there's anybody who could do it, it's him. But I agree. Kiki QT coming off a top 10 finish last week. Cause I don't know that he gets back in the top 10. In fact, I actually do know, but uh, not in that matchup. I don't think, but he'll, uh, he'll probably outscore Tim Patrick. Where do you have Kiki out of curiosity? Uh, we'll come back Patrick. up. We'll, we'll come yeah. back to it. Uh, he's in the forties. This is his wow. final, but Why he's in the forties at the moment. QT. Yeah, unbelievable. I do hate Kiki QT. What do you got him? Top five? Top top? <laughs> I got him at thirty for you. Okay, it's not as crazy as I had thought. I got him at thirty. They've, right. The That's Texans' fine. offense not, has supported I, I two top thirty wide receivers most weeks this year. Nah, nah, it, it doesn't require a whole lot of explanation. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't call you crazy. Nor would I have Brandon Cooks at twenty-seven, and I couldn't decide yeah, yeah, if yeah, I was yeah. going to put Kiki ahead of him, but I decided to go with Cooks. That uh, was going to be my next question. Okay. So that makes sense. Okay. All right. Matthew All right, Lechuga, full yeah. PPR, J.K. Dobbins, or David Johnson? J.K. Dobbins or David Johnson? That's a fun one. Uh, we're going to go with... Like, I've consistently seen... J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, I've I'm consistently seen J.K. Dobbins uh, pretty high. Like, in the ECR, what is he? He's RB16 right now. Yeah, in the PPR yeah, yeah, yeah. ECR. Uh, David Johnson expert consensus is RB twenty six. Yeah, but that's really wonky. That's really wonky. Yeah. <laughs> also, because they had some weird stuff in there this week. If you're going to go by the ECR, it hasn't mm-hmm. totally worked itself out yet. That's they still had some guys in there that I'm like, these are guys aren't even playing. Yeah. Like we got to move them out. So the EC- the early ECR this week was a little odd. But, but I'm still going to give the thing, slight edge to J.K. Not to that margin, but I got to go J.K. Here's the biggest thing for me. I have David Johnson at 19. I have J.K. Dobbins at 25. And really, over the last two games, J.K. Dobbins has done pretty well. However, he finished his RB five in Week 11 because he scored a touchdown. He had 13 points otherwise. This past week against Dallas, he was RB 20. Because he scored a touchdown, finishing with 13 fantasy points. He has not been targeted more than twice since week six. 
They're not utilizing him at all in the passing game. It's all running. And Cleveland is a top five run defense. Yep. So he's splitting carries uh, with the Gus bus. And he's going up with against probably his toughest matchup all season to this point. Like he faced them in week one, but again, against Cleveland in week one, he finished his RB19 with 14 points, but he had 14 points because he scored two touchdowns, remember? Like right, at the right, goal line yes, when Mark yes. Ingram owners were ripping their hair out. So J.K. Dobbins, great talent, great rookie, will be good for years to come. But for this week specifically, I'm going with David Johnson, who has a more consistent role in that offense going up against the Bears' rush defense compared to J.K. Well, Dobbins up against That's Cleveland. its own conversation because the Bears' rush defense was good at one point when Akeem <laughs> Hicks was playing. Yeah. So it really kind of comes down to, is Akeem Hicks playing in that game? Because yeah. we've seen what they look like when Akeem Hicks doesn't play, yeah. and their run defense is hot garbage. Right. And that's being nice about it, frankly. Like, their run defense is pathetic. So I would check into that, actually, as you continue to make this decision for yourself. Um, I'm still going to go back to the well on J.K. Dobbins because, frankly – there's some, uh, there's still, there's every chance that he gets into the end zone in that one, even in a bad matchup. Right. And I'm, I'm confident that, that good things will happen for him this week. Watch Cleveland, the ghost of old Cleveland come up and grab him and they get blown out by 35. I'm waiting for that to happen. And then all the Browns fans get sad, but we should move on. Cause all I right. think that's uh, while we move on, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll, uh, we'll finish this up, answer more, some more questions. Our friends at Monkey Knife Fight combine the fun and excitement of Vegas with DFS to make the ultimate daily fantasy prop game. That's right. And there are three ways for you to play. Stat Shootout, Rapid Fire, and more or less. In Stat Shootout, you put together a two or three player team that'll accumulate the most of whatever stat type you've chosen to play, like touchdowns, total yards, receptions, etc. Then you choose one of the three target goals for that stat. If your team exceeds the chosen goal, then you win. And the higher the target goal that you choose, the more you can win. So if I choose a three-man team for touchdowns, I can set the target at one and a half touchdowns to pay out one and a half times the entry fee, or I can go big with a target of three and a half touchdowns to pay out 15 times the entry. I mean, obviously you go big or you go home. Obviously. Then there's rapid fire where you select your team by choosing the highest scoring player in multiple head-to-head matchups of statistical categories, like who has more receptions this week, Michael Thomas or Julio Jones. Each contest will tell you how many matchups you need to get right in order to win, but again, more risk, the higher the reward. Sure, I mean, I only need to get two out of three matchups right to win one and a half times my entry, but if I can get five out of five, I'm looking at that 15 times payout again. You can buy me a lot of John U. Smith jerseys with that money, Neil. You sure can. Finally, there's more or less. Just depending on the contest, you'll be giving two to six players and their statistic targets for the game, like Cam Newton with 233 and a half passing yards against Miami. You have to decide if that player will get more or less than that target. But just like the others, more or less increases the payout the more risk you take. However, it offers the highest return as well. So you can go two for two to get that basic one and a half times payout if that's what you want to play. But if you've got the nerve, you can attempt to go six for six and hit the 30 times payout. So many Janu jerseys. Well, the only thing better than winning money from Monkey Knife Fight is getting money from Monkey Knife Fight. 
for free. Oh, do love the free. Just go to Monkey Knife Fight to sign up for a free account. When you make your first deposit, use promo code NONSENSE. That's promo code NONSENSE. And Monkey Knife Fight will match your deposit up to $50. This is literally playing with house money, guys. So go to Monkey Knife Fight and use promo code NONSENSE, N-O-N-S-E-N-S-E, and get in on the action this weekend. All right, Neil, we're back. Running through some playoff start sits for people. Uh, Edwin Budia needs a flex. Brandon Ayuk, Cam Ackers, Dallas Godair. Who do you got? He, he gave us a little bit of everything. He did, actually, and Spliced I like the, the willingness to, to start multiple tight ends. I like that that's part of it. For me, I, I think, think it's pretty clear cut. For me, I have Brandon Ayuk at wide receiver 20. So... Yeah, and I'm I, actually I feel just like he my actual no flex business rankings. being in your flex. I feel like he should be a starting wide receiver. So if your wide receivers are that good that Ayuk is in your flex conversation, that's your flex. Yeah, and I'm just trying to find Cam Akers in my actual flex rankings, and the fact that I can't find him usually means that I'm going to scroll down far enough. Um, well, like I have so Akers at uh, 23 for running back. So I'm just assuming yeah, that if I, just I have it. five Akers at it, 23... And Ayuk it's Ayuk. 20, so. It would actually, if I was going to rank them for you, it would be Ayuk, uh, Goddard, Ackers, in that order. So that's how that would roll Goddard over at the my bottom actual. of the three. But yes, I'd still have Ayuk on top. Yeah, but it's Ayuk. Ayuk's your choice. And we just hope that he catches another 40-yard pass and catches a bunny touchdown and this time doesn't cause a hideous fumble. It costs him the game. Gio Medina, PPR flex, Deontay Johnson, or the hot hand with David Montgomery, who, by the way, right now, top 10 running back. Who saw that coming even three weeks ago? Uh, well, he was hurt for so long of that, for so much of that. It really speaks to like the, the clip that he's been on since he got back from injury. Cause how many games did David Montgomery miss? It was at One. least two. It might've been three. One. Okay. Well, are you counting the game that he got hurt in? Okay, well, one he got hurt in that then. game. Went, yeah, okay. Uh, got hurt in the game against Tennessee, missed the Minnesota game, and then they had the bye. So this is actually really close if you go through my actual flank, flex rankings. And because they're flex rankings, it's kind of wonky because you got all the tight ends in there and stuff. But I've got them to within like five spots of each other. And in my actual rankings, I'm giving the edge slightly to Deontay Johnson. But I think this one also falls into the category of Floor, floor v, the, the floor v ceiling conversation. If if I need like something really consistent, then I'm going to go with David Johnson or sorry, David Montgomery uh, because he's still got some upside. It's not to say that he has no upside. We've seen how good he's been recently. And it's a great matchup. Uh, but the the issue is, is uh, Deontay still has that top end. I can get you a 45. Deontay slightly higher because it's PPR. But if I needed to be, if I wanted to feel secure and I know that I'm going to get a return because I just need to, to put up, I just need to put up a good number to win. I don't need to go swing for the fences. I'm probably going to roll the ride with the hot hand of David Montgomery. Are you going to tell me I'm insane? I'm going David Montgomery either way. Straight up. Okay. Wouldn't shock me. Again, they're so it's, close again, to the flex rankings. To your that it point, doesn't, he it, was hurt, but this matchup with Houston is phenomenal. It's and, about the best running back matchup you're going to get. It's right near the top. Since coming back from the bye, uh, David Montgomery in PPR scoring 
against Green Bay was running back six. Last week was running back one. I have him at running back six this week. So, I mean, if he again, if he's in your flex conversation, then you have some amazing running backs. I feel like you're asking me the wrong question because David I feel Montgomery like you should also be a have amazing flexes if Deontay Johnson is flex. Right. I, I feel I feel like you're asking the wrong question here because these feel like two guys that should be in your starting positions as opposed to I mean, yeah, flex considering my flex rankings, they're at like thirty and thirty five. Those I'm are lower both on starters. Deontay Johnson. Those are starters. Like That's fair. Deontay Johnson is in flex convert in the flex conversation for me. But All right. But David Montgomery, Montgomery, I feel like, should be locked into your lineup no matter what. All right. Well, fair enough. At this point, probably just ride out with David Montgomery. If your team is that, if your team is that stack that right. you're asking us this question, just play David Montgomery because you don't need the upside and you don't need the risk. Why risk anything? Just play yeah. David Montgomery and don't worry about yeah. it. McCaffrey, or you're asking us the wrong question. You're yeah. going to be sad. M- McCaffrey, Henry, Kamara, Cook, and James Robinson. Those are the only guys I have ahead of David John- Montgomery right now. So I could argue with you. I couldn't really argue with you about that too much. Yep. It's unless you're going to talk about Austin Eckler because you're a believer in that and the matchup. But that's like one of the few guys I could talk to you about, I guess. Uh, Justin Greco, J.K. Dobbins against Cleveland, who we just talked about, or Giovanni Bernard against Dallas. Boy, that mustache is not working for Giovanni Bernard. It's not. But Dallas has suddenly become the new Jets. And their run defense is so bad that it's pretty much start your running back against Dallas. That's fair. That is entirely fair. And actually, as I look at this, I've, this is another one that I have very close. Um, but I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it the slight edge on that one to Geo for what you had just yeah. what you just kind of alluded to. I have slight I have edge. Geo at 24, Gio. and I have Dobbins at 25. Yep. So slight, uh, but edge, I believe that Geo has the higher ceiling. Because again, just look at the matchup. Well, like Dobbins is more Dobbins talented. Play in Cleveland, but again, I'd feel yeah, the matchup. Yeah. The Dobbins is more talented, and if they were playing the same team, even playing ground, I would say Dobbins in a landslide. But because you've got Dobbins up against the top five rush defense, and Bernard up against a bottom five rush defense, I feel like that swings it significantly. Yeah, and Bernard is already going to be named the starter because they already ruled out Joe Mixon officially yep. for the game today, which tells you everything you need to know about how healthy Joe Mixon Uh Gene Hutchins wants to know Cam Ackers or DeAndre Swift. I think we both agree that's Swift. Swift if he plays. Swift if he plays. If Swift is playing, then I'm playing Swift. And if he's not, then this decision makes sense. Try to run through a few of these. Uh, Neil Webb, a 2QB league. Ryan Tannehill, Taysom Hill, and Justin Herbert, who you starting? Obviously, Tannehill, I think we agree, Herbert's the other one, right? Yeah, Tannehill over Herbert this week uh, is my answer to you in short form. But again, oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's two QBs. It's two QBs. So Sorry, you're starting QB. Tannehill no matter Tannehill what. Tannehill or Herbert. So it Tannehill comes down to Hill or Herbert, and it's Herbert. I think Hill, I got Hill at like 11 or 12, something like that. Uh, I'd have to double check. But, check it too, but it, it, it's, but it, it doesn't going matter. With, Herbert, like we said, is right in the top six. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jeff Stevens, half PPR flex. Jamison Crowder against Seattle or T.Y. Hilton against the Raiders. Oh, throwback, Neil. Remember when I know. we loved both oh, of these boy. guys? It's a question uh. from the beginning of the season. Uh, T.Y. by nose. Yeah, T.Y. for me as well in all formats. Yep, T.Y. by nose, all formats. Uh, Steven Torres, PPR, T. Higgins, 
DJ Shark, T.Y. Hilton, or Kiki Cutie. And this is going to be Hilton for me again. Yep, it's Hilton again by a nose. And if it was, and I will say, uh, it doesn't really matter, but if it was still Joe Burrow, it would be T. Higgins easily. Yep. And I hope you play in some sort of keeper Dynasty League where you can have T. Higgins again. But for this week, T.Y. Hilton, come on down one more time for the. Uh, Lance West wants to know Melvin Gordon versus Carolina or Raheem Mostert against Washington. Yeah, that's a that's a tougher one. Um, Raheem Mostert by a hair. Eh, actually, I'm gonna double check that. That's the way I did it. Yep, Raheem Mostert by a nose. All right, and I went the other way. Melvin Gordon, I got three spots higher than Mostert. The Washington spots. rush defense, super tough right now. It is, and I don't like the fact that Raheem Mostert is effectively playing in a committee right now, whereas Melvin Gordon is, is, is playing in a timeshare, but it's only two guys, not three. No, and he's they, looked it, great the last couple weeks, too. Yeah, he's been getting back into form. I think he was—I think I think Melvin Gordon was, was playing with He a, was hurt, uh, for sure. I think he was hurt, and they maybe just didn't say much. That's what that looked like to me, and now he looks like old Melvin Gordon. Uh, this is going to be kind of similar. CEH, Melvin Gordon, and J.K. Dobbins needs two of them. That's uh, Madonna tagging up. Uh, I'm going with... For me, it's Dobbins and it's Gordon. It's Dobbins and... Yeah, you beat me to it. It's Dobbins and Gordon. And we avoid CEH like the plague. Even yep. though he may even though he may actually be healthy this time. How's that zero taste? Pretty good. Oh, it's probably... That's probably... Uh, that's probably... It's probably unnecessary. I apologize. Uh, Ryan Weathers wants to know Mike Evans or Devonte Parker. Hey, remember when the internet declared Mike Evans dead because Antonio Brown was signing and then they just completely forgot that Mike Evans led the team in targets and mm. still leads the team in targets and leads the team in red zone targets and leads the team in touchdowns and is having a great season. Just doesn't want to talk about mm. it. Looks remember, like Tom Brady's favorite target on the team. Cause he's like seven feet tall and is still really fast. And this also gets into the idea too, that, uh, People who have Devontae Parker and have been paying close attention will probably have picked up on this trend. But the way that this has gone for Devontae Parker this season, you can actually break it down by who the starter is. Every single week that Ryan Tannehill is the starter, Devontae Parker has finished inside the top 20. Every single week that Tua Tagovailoa has been the starter, he averages three receptions for 35 yards. That's it. That's all you need to know. Tua Tua is starting this week. It's Mike Evans. I think it, it was really Mike is Evans that either way. That's but, simple. But yes, Mike Evans, I fully agree. Um, let's see. All right. John Leone, PPR, Jonathan Taylor, or Miles Gaskin. I got Gaskin. I got Gaskin as well, which is a shame because, as you know, we love Jonathan Taylor on the show, but it's uh, Gaskin for this. Caleb Edwards wants to know Gronk or Tunyon for tight end this week. Uh, I'm going to double check this because it's tight end. And For me, it's Robert Tunyon. He's tight locked end. into the top five conversation with Hawkinson, Andrews, Kelsey. I have Logan Tunyon Thomas. at six and Gronk at nine. So Tunyon, that's yep. actually in tight end. That's a world of difference. Yep. Yeah. I think Robert Tunyon's become one of the more consistent guys up in the top half of that. Yeah. We'll figure out how that gets rated for next season because yeah. God almost. But for this year, yes. Uh, Marco Antonio wants to know in PPR, Tyler Boyd. Sterling Shepard or Brandon Ayuk? Well, it ain't Tyler Boyd. I'll tell you that right now. I'm you pretty confident. It's Brandon off. Ayuk. I mean, again, top 20. It's Brandon so Ayuk. It's Brandon Ayuk. And then I've got close. Boyd lower than that. And then 
Yeah, it's 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 Ayuk. It's Ayuk, it. Shepard, Boyd in that order for me. Yeah, I got the same order, and they're all relatively in the same neighborhood, kind of. But Ayuk is definitely the one that's the best. Like Boyd is is Boyd and Shepard actually got to go down the page a little bit here to give and me the. Then I don't want to give people the wrong. Information. We'll go with uh, Mark Williams for the last one. He needs two. Sterling Shepard, Kiki QT, and Ronald Jones. Who do you got? That's a that's a good one. Uh, Kiki and Rojo is my answer to you, Mark. Um, I am pretty sure I'm going to agree with you. I would have to think so because, again, uh, even though I hate Rojo, I've got him at 21. And it I've just got, depends on where you have Sterling Shepard ranked, yeah, and I have Sterling I mean, Shepard rated like wide receiver. 38 or something like that. Yeah, I've got him at 35 and I've got QT at 30. So, yeah, yeah, it's going to be Rojo and Kiki. Yep. 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 All right. There you go. I I get why you would ask the question, though, because Sterling Shepard is. I know the guys on Friday are going to do more start sits. So, for all the latest news, injury updates, and a full preview of the weekend's games, make sure you check out Trust or Bust with Jack Jordan and the nerd Jason Draven. New episodes drop late night Friday, so be sure to kick off your weekend with the Triple J podcast we got on Friday nights. Uh, We'll be back next Wednesday to answer more of your playoff questions. Neil, where can the people holler at you? You can come and holler at me at at nonsense underscore Neil on Twitter and the Fantasy Life app. And uh, feel free to come on down and nitpick all of our suggestions today and ask us your own questions to help you get your lineup set. Once again, if you made it all the way to the end of this, you are likely in the playoffs in your fantasy league. And uh, congratulations and kudos to you for having a successful season because this COVID season has been one of the most challenging fantasy seasons that I can remember in terms of actually having to make moves and set lineups and just run a team with all the schedule changes. So if you've made it this far, you're doing something right. And so congratulations, congratulations to us for getting us there, getting you there. I mean, that's just, you're welcome. <laughs> Uh, you can follow the site on twitter instagram and facebook at nonsense ff follow us on the important nonsense community page on the fantasy life app make sure you're subscribing to the pod wherever you listen if it's apple make sure to leave a five-star review you can follow me everywhere at nonsense underscore steve until next week uh, make sure you're listening make sure you're following and make sure you keep up the nonsense music for this podcast is provided by lee rosevere I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!